Hi, it's me, PJ. That's me, Ron. And you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show, and let's have some theme tune. Keep on Sunnyside, always on Sunnyside. Keep on Sunnyside alive. It will help us every day, it'll guide us on the way. Keep on Sunnyside alive. I'm convinced I hear Scott in that song. Absolutely. So is everyone it. else. Is it really? <laughs> I think it's just that my, my mate Tim sounds a bit like Scott. Is it? When he okay. sings, yeah. Well, I mean, it's nice to have some sound of Scott in the show, <laughs> given he's not here again. Oh, God love him. I know, I know. Well, we've all had a rough week. Well, yes. Some of us rougher than others. I mean, <laughs> <has to> be, <laughs> let me get the segue button in there right away, because... <laughs> You, you very quickly shifted any sympathy people had for Scott to yourself here, so let's... No, I, I don't want sympathy for me. I'm good. That's the thing. Okay. That's the thing. Right, so um, if you don't follow me on Twitter, which is unlikely, but if you don't, uh, you will not know that my brother John last week um, had been complaining, apparently complained of a back sore back for about, I don't know, a couple of weeks, been complaining of sore back, and then um, was sawing some wood... And in the process of sawing some wood, uh, uh, a disc in his back and in his spine slipped, I think is the correct term. Um, and it's a thoracic disc, which is up sort of in the middle of your back, somewhere around kind of between where your shoulder blades are and just sort of below around that area. Um, lumber six and seven or something. Um, which is fairly high up. Fairly high up. Um, and that's significant. And... Um, Essentially, it touched on his spine and it um, has paralyzed him. It's paralyzed him from the chest down. Um, this was this was last. So, if you're listening to it now, this will be about a week, another week on. So, as as it, as I, we're recording this right now, it was a week ago. Um, he had an, uh, so Sunday. He went into the hospital. He had an emergency operation on his spine to alleviate the pressure. That operation, well, he was in hospital for a couple of days and he could move his legs, but he was very weak. And then they decided to operate on the Tuesday, I think it was. And when they operated, um, the operation took two or three hours. It was four or five o'clock in the afternoon or something. And they operated to ease the pressure on a spinal cord. Um, so the spinal cord, apparently, this is, this is as described to me, the spinal cord's quite angry doesn't like being fooled around with, doesn't like any fucking around at all. Um, and so they were trying to basically take any pressure or any kind of weight off that. Um, yeah. And how they do that, I don't know, but they were doing that from the back. Uh, <clears throat> that didn't seem to alleviate pressure. It was still quite angry. I think they were hoping after a couple of hours he'd start feeling something in his legs very quickly. Uh, that didn't happen. So they had to operate again. And about 10 o'clock at night, I went up uh, with my dad I think it was about 10 o'clock and basically he had to have another operation which was a more complicated operation coming in from the side I think coming from his side because the spine is quite high up which is why this is significant it's not as easy to operate around because basically your rib cage is in the way if you want to come in from one angle yeah. your rib cage is there so they had to operate below, uh, through the rib cage and alleviated pressure off the front of his spine um, but that doesn't seem to have made much difference and they, they, it's still inflamed and angry and it's not broken as I understand it uh, but it is not in a good way and he is I think at this point facing up having going to have to at some point 
this is the this is the difficult thing I think is that um, there's no part of you wants to acknowledge that oh your brother's going to be disabled for the rest of his life and, and I'm sure like and, and I, I say that from my perspective because I can't talk from John's perspective but I'm sure if I were in his shoes it would be I can't face up to this. Plus, I mean, they they throw him so many drugs that that like the first couple of days we were down there, he was kind of laughing and joking about it all because he was off his head on, on equivalent of morphine. Um, it's like, oh no, this is great. I'm fine. Everything will be fine. Um, I think now those drugs have been taken away. Those sort of euphoric kind of things have been removed from him. He is much more now likely to feel depression and the reality of it's going to start hitting. Um, and it's really difficult and it, and it's it's difficult because it happened so fast it's like it, it happened so fast but it wasn't like it wasn't like oh John was on a motorbike and had a terrible motorbike accident yeah. now, now he's dealing with you know a broken back or John was skydiving you know our John's a terrible skydiver and would skydive all the time and he's got a broken back no none of that John was chopping he was cutting some wood you know and had a slip disc and it's like and there's a part of you that kind of goes that's a bit anticlimactic or something. That's a bit un. That's a bit fucking ridiculous. How could that result in this? It's not the right word to use, but it seems really unfair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be that. That's yeah. There is that. There's that kind of element of that's not fair. I mean, how is that fair? I mean, none of it's fair. And yeah. I think everyone who's had an awful. I mean, part of my brain isn't even going. That's a tragic accident. That's just happened to your brother. That's the thing that. People, that's the rest of his life has now changed and possibly not just the rest of his life and this sounds selfish and I, I, and I acknowledge that but it's the rest of my life changed the no, rest of, of my dad's affects, life changed everyone. the rest of yeah. everyone in, in his kind of close family it's the rest of their lives changed there are plans that you might have made that you would have gone this is a solid plan now it cannot be or you'll have to go right well we're all going to do that but what's going to happen to John in in those circumstances and the thing is he's, I mean he's still Mentally still all there, um, as much John has ever been still all there. Um, and you also feel like you're talking about someone who who is like we're we're taking away his autonomy by going. We've got to deal with this. Like John, he's got to deal with that. That's his thing. But at the same time, so anyway, it's it's been it's been this is on top of an dad not being well, and an dad is still in hospital. Been there some like ten weeks now. Uh, they can't operate because he's too malnourished now. How can you be in hospital for ten weeks and be malnourished? That's that's a thing that I just I I can't even begin to process. How you can be there 10, 10 weeks? They're in charge of feeding you. They're in charge of looking after you. Uh, they are in charge of everything about you. But you're malnourished. Like what the fuck? How is that possible? So that's and then that's taken up. A, and that's of course dealing with that. And she's finding that difficult, understandably. And she's well, kind yeah. So I mean, obviously, she's looking for support from you, and then all of a sudden, this other thing comes along. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, and, that, and that it, justifiably and, demands your attention uh-huh. as well. And, yeah. and you can't even go. This is bigger than that, or that's bigger than this. It's it's absurd. It's just, it's just another thing. It's another fucking huge. Thing. It's another thing that you kind of go. That's one big thing in your family that you have to do, you, that that takes up brain space, and and you need to worry about. And it's just and. Honestly, it's it's, and the other thing, the other thing is, there's this huge amount of guilt that you bring on yourself by going, yeah, but none of this shit's happened to me. I mean, I'm fine. I can still get up and go for a walk. I'm fucking okay. I'm certainly not malnourished. There's nothing wrong with my stomach, apart from the odd evening pain. But that's that's all. <laughs> neither here nor there. And you, and you start, you just start feeling guilty about about the sort of selfishness and going, 
ah, fuck it, I can't be arsed going up there to the ho- that hospital and then straight to the other hospital after going to that hospital. I've been up there all day. But at the same time, you've got to earn money and you've got to do all this shit. So it's just like, I I don't know. How old's John? John, is, right, so John is... All my family are younger than me. All my all my brothers, all my siblings. I'm the eldest. So there was me, uh, then Mark, who's one year younger than me. Mark died in 97 when he was 26 um, of what would later, I think, be decided was young adult death syndrome. But at that time, they didn't know what that was. Yeah. So when, <laughs> when, when they performed an autopsy and they couldn't find anything and they, they a, a judge had to rule on what happened to him, the judge went, oh, and Mark Holden's uh, room was full of witchcraft stuff, so who knows? And I stood what, up. really? Went, yeah, genuinely. And I stood Grace. up and went, I went, well, hang on a second. You know, Mark was into all sorts of things. Mark was into, sci- like, before the witchcraft stuff, he was into sci-fi. If he died six months ago, you'd have gone, oh, look at all the Star Trek stuff. Who knows? You wouldn't, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't think oh, that. Well, that's ludicrous. But yeah. I, I think I, I blame that. I think on um, puritanical judges who are mostly coming from DUP kind of, you know that, oh, of course, that yeah. sort of Presbyterian, yeah, hard Presbyterians nonsense. Who so. genuinely believe that witchcraft can yeah, like, yeah, sneak yeah. in on the bedroom at night and take your life? Yeah. yeah. So, so, but that—that's a thing that you know that has say that happened in '97. So that's one family tragedy, and you put that away, and you think, okay, well, we're touched by tragedy. But so John is um, 45, I think, 40, 45, yeah, 45. So he's five years younger than me. So John was always, like, to my mind, John was the younger brother. Like, I've got other younger brothers. Uh, John's always had difficulties and problems and anxiety issues and stuff that Nathan seems to have sort of inherited a little bit. Um, and it, it always meant that me and my other brothers, who were all both younger then, so Adam then is coming I think um, and uh, uh, Luke is 23 so a good old range of uh, gaps there every brother justifiably you go that's your younger brother that's the youngest yeah. brother that's the yeah. youngest brother that's the youngest um, so uh, what do you call it so but John's the one that when I was a kid he was the baby brother right so there's a photo of me and this is this, so I've been I've been I wouldn't say nonchalant or blasé about it all, but it's like, okay, well, let's, we've got to go from A to B and do A, then B, then C, then D. Oops, not the mic. Uh, we've got to do all the steps that we've got to do and let, let's do those steps. And very pragmatically, let's get down and do the things we've got to do. I have not been taking in the emotional stuff. I haven't been thinking about it. It's been, right, well, the practicalities are we've got to do this. So the one time it emotionally hit me, was when I was explaining to um, we went in to see the surgeon before the second operation and just me and my dad because they only wanted two people in and Anne, my dad's girlfriend her fiance, whatever her job title is was with us and um, she <laughs> Jesus Christ, she went round to my dad's house, she hit her tyre off the edge of the, the, the thing, had a flat tyre now John is the one in our family that we go to for car stuff Okay. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's that. I am not that person. I am the one in our family they go to for technical stuff. 
Yeah. John's the one we go to for car stuff and practical things. So that's the way it. You need a, ham- it, you need a hammer swung or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you know, a bolt unbolted or whatever it is. So John does that generally, um, and he's good at that, and he likes doing that sort of stuff. And I think every family has a, th- those family members that are good at certain little domains, oh, and that's what they end up doing. Yeah. So anyway, so we had to deal with that. So she got a flat tire that was totally destroyed. Not a new car. She was panicking about this tire. So oh, I've had a shit. Day, oh, I go. We're going to drive and see my brother. He's just broken his back, so maybe your day is not as bad as you think it is. But you can get a new tire, love. <laughs> you get a new tire. Um, but I mean, to be fair, I think just adrenaline was pumping anyway. And I think when your adrenaline's pumping, there's a kind of you can go. Some people become very calm and deal with that, and some people become very kind of. <laughs> Um, so I can't I think sometimes I think I can be calm and deal with certain things and then like the episode of Father Ted where he's on the plane at the end you realise oh shit I'm on a plane fuck and then suddenly you're, you're clamped up yeah. so we went in to see the surgeons they basically said um, what needed to be done um, John was concerned his worry was that he'd lose his arms because at this point John has his arms and his, his, uh, anything roughly from the chest up he has that's that's all functioning chest down nothing um, and his worry was that something would happen and the problem with surgeons and doctors generally is they don't like to commit to an answer so and and the more specific you ask the question, the more they don't like to commit to it. Yeah, the vaguer so, they want to be. Yeah, yeah. So when you say to them, "Will I lose the use of my arms through this operation?" they will say to you, "Very unlikely, but there's a chance." And that's not what you want to hear, you know. Yeah, as soon as you hear, there's a chance. That chance becomes a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah. Mind. That yeah. chance then is. I mean, in your mind, you're going. Uh, any what's the chance? The doctors think. Well, there's like a, I don't know, freaky one in ten thousand percent chance, but I can't rule it out. And you're going. It's a fifty-fifty. It's fifty-fifty, isn't it? And the doctors going. Well, I can't say give you any of the odds, but you know, I mean, it's very unlikely. Yeah. But at the same time, definitely might happen. Yeah, they're, not, they're also terrified of litigation. Well, or, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I. I. I'm I mean, not sure who who could, who would try to litigate against someone for giving you odds. Yeah, but, I know. But, uh, I know. I. I kind of. I know. My, my, other people have said that about the litigation stuff, and I. I keep thinking that that's. It's ascribing a motivation to them that I don't necessarily want to ascribe to, to someone else because it's ascribing a very cold motivation. But at the same time, maybe you're right. I, I don't, unless I don't know. it's just a policy thing, like yeah. do not give. Well, I, I think I think it's know. a I think it's a general personality thing. I think I think they've seen enough things happen with shit that they don't want to go. Almost certainly unlikely. Almost certainly likely. I don't. I think they want yeah. to go. Look, let's try these things and see what happens because I think the human body. As much as I want to think I can replace the bits in it, like a car or a computer, it's not like that. You know, once once damage is done, damage you are fucked. You know, there there are things that can happen to you that no one can quite understand. There's elements of your body that you, a non-doctor, think doctors know what that is. Doctors think I don't know what the fuck that is, but I'm certainly never seen one like it before. So yeah, who just, knows? Just don't, just don't poke at one of these. <laughs> yeah. no. I don't know what that is, but it looks really angry. <laughs> you know, staying away from it. Um, so he he didn't want to give me any of it. So I, John was worried about losing his arms. We actually ended up driving away and coming back again because John initially was like, eh, whatever, fine, let's do another one. That's good. That's good. But. I think some of the medication wore off a little bit, so he got us back in. They got us back in again because he didn't want to go ahead with it, um, because he was worried about losing his arm. So we kind of went in, 
there was the surgeon and there was another operating or member of staff who seemed to be quite senior and she was basically saying look that can happen but it's unlikely you know it, it would require a bleed it would require a dramatic n- non-surgical or a, a, a kind of black swan essentially it would require something to happen yeah. because she said she goes well look the cluster the, the cluster of nerves that controls your arms are up here she pointed to the base of her spine uh, where your neck meets your spine essentially and but we're operating down here which is down sort of the middle of the back or so, so shoulder blades yeah, or whatever so, yeah. so they're not near each other and you're not operating near there so there's no you know there's no reason why why you you know, they would slice that. Even if the surgeon sliced that bit of the nerve there, you wouldn't lose anything below that or above that. You'd only lose yeah. below. So, um, so I think we were able to kind of reassure him. I think we were hoping this would bring back something, though, and I mean it didn't. So it means maybe that surgeon. No, I don't know. Touch wood, something could happen. Um, I mean, it is the prognosis just that this is this is this is the state of things now. Or? I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to kind of predict. And think about. I mean, I sometimes want to get into a space where think about the moment and where we are right now, and try not to, you know, try not to make predictions because I. I mean, for a little while, I felt like I. This was the phrase running through my head: was I felt like I'm in a choose your own adventure book where some cunt has ripped out every other page. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's you. You've got this page you're looking at, and who knows? You know, who knows? Um, so. I think we've got to get ready for the idea that he will not walk again, and and not walk again is almost like a euphemistic way of talking about what that problem is, because not walk yeah. again forgets things like someone's going to have to wipe his arse. Yeah. He he, we were talking about something else, and he said to me, "What about your stomach pain?" I went, "John, let me tell you a good way. Like a good tablets don't work, pain relief doesn't work. I tell you, tell you what does work: masturbation." And he goes, "I can't feel my cock." So like that I, yeah. I don't know how you wrap your head around that existential thing of your balls not working you know of your yeah. you have that whole you know that and and maybe it's me maybe it's because you know I was so obsessed with them you know what was going on in my nether regions for so long as a teenager and on um, but to to know that that's not going to function again to know that that's I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, did the Viagra work? I mean, if what if you end up in a wheelchair and you meet someone and you go, well, where where does this relationship go? I cannot can't father kids, but not only that, I can't even feel what's going on down there. There's nothing. Well, well I mean, I, so, I, I guess what you have to kind of like, you know. And also, can get, you change my arse because I've shit myself and I can't control that? Yeah, so. like I guess what you kind of have to like, you know, accept or hope for is that relationships can be based on more than just that, you know, or based on or that you can have a relationship where that's not a component, you know. Well, who would want that relationship? <laughs> I mean, frankly, I'm only friends with you, and the gl- gl- small chance that you know, I'll get into bed eventually. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I mean, what's John's current situation? Does he live alone? or? Well, that's the thing, right? So, uh, talking to other people about it, I was kind of going, the thing with John is that John's already on disability. Uh, he's an alcoholic. Um, I feel like some of this stuff's talking out of school, but um, at the same time, I feel like you've got to confront these things. He is, a, he's got a dependency relationship with alcohol. Uh, he's on various tablets for depression. He has... Um, Farmed himself in the I still, past. I still think that this music's too jaunty. Do you? <laughs> like, I'm, I not, I'm well, not even listening to it. I mean, we're talking uh, about the bad yeah, music that you're listening there's, to, there's, which there's might be a way. There's just some rather, you know, uh, John, John, 
jaunty he, horns in the background there. Jaunty horns. I mean, maybe, maybe jaunty just, horn was my nickname, and uh, no. <laughs> I didn't believe that. <laughs> but yeah, but basically, what you're saying is John, John has problems already. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, it's like I said to someone else, it's like if you were if you had were a high flying businessman with three young kids, and you were traveling the world, and every weekend you climbed the Matterhorn, and and you were suddenly disabled, and and um, living with sort of below the the the, the chest kind of paralysis your life would fundamentally change it would change so dramatically you it would be unrecognizable to you and that's without even dealing with the paralysis you would just not be able to do half the things that you used to be able to do but with john john's not that you know john's life will change absolutely no way and i don't want to shortchange what that will mean but he is not in a relationship he doesn't have any young kids he doesn't climb things he doesn't you know he's always because of anxiety issues he's never travelled that far anyway he's never as far as I know unless he went on one when he was much younger he's never been the plane even so it's not like it's a, oh you're never going to fly again it's like well I've never flown before it's a it's a will I ever play the piano no well it hardly matters I've never been able to play it so it, it's well, according you know, to you he could still play the piano yeah well yeah that's true um, so I don't know and, and there's uh, maybe it was a kind of it was clutching at whatever positives there were there was a kind of aspect of oh well maybe this will give him some focus you know and maybe this will give him something to to work at because he's always felt a bit lost or, or John Things were always easy for John. John was always good at things. Whenever he turned his hand to them, he was always good at them and always made a lot of money at them and never was in any kind of difficulty without having to push. And I, I, to a certain extent, that's true of me as well. I mean, the things I've, I've wanted to do with my life, I've been good at. I've been fortunate enough to be really good at and I've ne- never tried to vary it and never kind of gone, I need to do something radically different here, you know. Um, computers I was good at from 14. Drawing I was good at from 43 um, John was good at drawing John was good at uh, he bought and sold jewellery he, he made a small a nice amount of, from, of money from that when he opened a shop um, but that was boring to him so he left that you know he was never challenged by anything and he never tried to move beyond those things because there was never any reason to be challenged by anything further and then I think he just with, al- with sort of alcohol and depression I think he's just allowed his life to take over and, and um, so I don't know I mean I, again it's like I, I recognise that it's me clutching at straws and going well for John maybe this will be good because the other thing is like John is he's not lost any of his mental faculties so even to go John here's things that you should do now I mean he's his own person he's always going to go do whatever it is he wants to do it's just um, I don't know I I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's a rough hand for anyone to be dealt. I mean, it, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no funny way out on this one. There's no, no. kind of um, jolly jips or anything. There's, there's, we're talking about, you know, how do we, how do we get him from? The, I mean, essentially, he's got to go to the hospital. So he's still in the hospital now. Uh, they're going to get a physio or someone to help help deal with him. But right now, what he needs to do is rest a lot and and. Um, stave off depression and stave off the need to drink and stave off all these things um, and you know he can be funny and charming and, and stuff with, with the nurses but it's almost certainly going to be depressing it's depressing if you're in perfectly fine health and you're sitting in the hospital and you don't have visitors um, <clears throat> so I think that's going to be tough for him to deal with uh, and then at some point they're going to move him up to I think it's Musgrave Hospital <clears throat> 
where they basically get you ready for their big world. I mean, they take you in and, and, you know, teach you how to use a wheelchair, teach you how to do this and teach you how to do that. And then, you know, how to look after yourself and, and, um, and then presumably what sort of assisted living type? I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what help, what level of help he's going to need with that paralysis. There's a certain amount of stuff he'll be able to do quite comfortably on his own. But I, I like his problem is he can't like because he's lost it from below his chest. He can't rotate his weight, waist, you know. So yeah. so your body then is going to be controlled by your upper body strength and and you know how easy is it to even get in and out of bed and with that strength alone if you well, can't, I mean, a lot of if that you stuff can't is, support your back yeah. to sit up straight you know that you a, lot, a, lot, a lot of up. it is just strength and just pulling yourself up with bars and things like that that, yeah. are, that are kind of in place for that you know you yeah. know that that's uh i mean i i don't know i really feel for the guy it's a, a terrible it's situation shitty 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 and of course my wife's at home right now i feel bad that i'm up here but i you listener need a show and it needs to be a jolly show and a laugh and a fun thing to take your mind off things I'm, I'm sure the listener this right isn't now this is, show. Is, is skipping forward 30 seconds at a time going <laughs> where's the laughs guys where's the laughs <laughs> I can hear jolly music but where, where's the giggles um, but so, I mean I think, I think that's kind of what this show has evolved into though it's, it's sort of like uh, here is the, the lives of, of, of us you know and that's for, if, for if, flaws if, and all, if, yeah. if if you're interested, you know that that's maybe worth checking in on. But you know it's yeah. You know, well, sometimes yeah. Quite, I make sometimes no apologies for it. I I don't care. You're getting all the money, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you're buying pop filters. You see what I've spent that money on? I spent uh, that money on good pop filters. Pop filters. Pop music and wheels. We've got a wheel table now. Oh yeah, but wheels on the table. So yeah, that's at home. She's kind of struggling to deal with her dad, and and it's I'm sure it's just difficult feeling, as well. Feeling you know a level of guilt as well because she's kind of saying to you, "Well, I need you to care about this as well," you know. And, you well, know. no, no, she's she's not. But I mean, I I do I do. She's not saying that. I'm, I'm, she might feel guilty, but she's not. She's not trying to make me do things that I'm not. You know, she's giving me time to kind of do stuff. But it's it's like how do you process this shit? It's like how do you do it? I don't know. I mean, I think for some people they can go I'm just going to have a good cry and then it'll be done and it's like well and the, the other thing as well it's like both these things Annette's dad and John people go well you know I'm sure it'll be all sorted he's going to know what for John sorted means the rest of his life is going to be spent in a wheelchair and you know and and hopefully hopefully he can have a quality of life that's good I think he can um, I think He's, he's a smart guy. He's good with his hands. I think there's lots of things that John can turn his hands to um, that will give him focus. And I think that maybe that's enough for now. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly... Um, well, I don't know how. For I the first feel. while, he's... And I'm, I'm mentally as solid yeah. as a rock. I mean, for the first... You know, I'd say for the first long while, he's just going to need to grieve. Yeah. For himself, yeah. you know, in terms of, like, what he's lost. Yeah, that's that's true. And that that's a process in itself, you know, and yeah, yeah. when he gets to the other end of that, you know, then he can start thinking about, yeah, how do I make the best of things, you know? It is, it's weird, it's like you want to, there's part of you kind of goes, this is a loss and I should be talking about it like a loss, but it's not, he's still there. It's like when my dad phoned John's daughter to let her know, and, and Nikita, Nikita's very like John, and John John's very kind of, well, you know, I can't do anything about that so I'm not whatever will be will be it was always John's mantra go Paul whatever will be will be and I go yeah but like 
if you lay down on the floor in the middle of the road, you're likely to get knocked down. So, not, you know, not always whatever will be will be. Sometimes you can force its hand. Um, and he'd go, oh, no, whatever, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Uh, and Nikita was kind of, should I come down to see my dad? I don't know, you know. And I don't think she quite got the gravity of it, but she's only 21. So it's like, did you get the gravity of anything, that, you know? That's not that young. It's not that young. If and she was 11, you could maybe let her off. No, 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 but she's, but she's nowhere near. I mean, she hasn't seen her dad. She's up in the countryside somewhere, so she's she's up away off, away off somewhere. All she's getting is what she's getting on phone calls. And yeah. the phone calls are, your dad's just had an accident. And it's like, well... My dad has a lot of accidents and I rush down and it, it's usually the next day and, and they're self-inflicted and they're kind of, you know, it's because he's... he's I think, I think, it, I think it, was like, if it was laid out plainly and that he's not going to walk again. Oh yeah, no, but that's the thing, it was. I, my dad broke that tour and I, I don't think she was ready to... I think you've got to gently ease someone into that and I because I my dad did that and I went Jesus Christ dad you can't talk to someone like that so I I talked to her and said look here's the first thing John's alive that's the first thing there is nothing John's 100% fine in terms of life he's here with us and he is mentally at the same time she doesn't really have the same sort of relationship as a a child to him that other people who've grown up with their dad have you know well then yeah and there's also a kind of you know there's she Nikita has has been sort of she's been independent from John. I mean, she'd see John the weekends it's, when she was younger. It's taking and stuff. me it's everything like, not to play Nikita by Elton John right now. <laughs> you realise? Well, that's that's good self control. Well done. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, their relationship isn't a bad one, but it's not been one where she's been living in his pocket. You know, it's yeah. not one she, where she's lived with him. So they like it's funny because it's like when my brother Mark died and I was twenty seven. I want to say 27 yeah it was 27 um and and of course your brother dies so you know that's that's there's grief to be had there but there's also well i would never have seen mark you know i'd have seen mark every at family gatherings maybe and that would have been it and so you know the grief is lessened by that you know it's not like you know from day to day i don't go shit where's that guy who's always been in my life gone you know i don't because he might as well be in his house doing whatever it is he would normally be doing because I'm I that's you know that would have been the norm so there's a but then part of me thinks maybe I'm just a monster and that's I emotionally don't (laughs) have that bit in me like Nathan like Nathan would probably like a cat eat us when we died in the house (laughs) we would be lying as corpses you go I'm hungry oh you're dead who's gonna get me food now you think if Uh, if Tom went missing Nathan would be like where's the other one well, I don't think he'd notice. <laughs> I, I think Tom would definitely be upset. Like anything happened to me, and Tom would be destroyed. Um, but Nathan would be. But what about my life? <laughs> What's gonna? Who's gonna look after? Who's gonna live here in this house so I can do the things I still like doing? Yeah. Who's gonna? Who's gonna set up my my uh, Xbox account and stuff? Uh, that's, 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 a, that's a very autistic centric though. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and I, you can't. Um, you can't blame him for that. No, it's you just, can't. You can't. And it, it's the scorpion and the fo- and the and the um, frog. frog and it, yeah. You can't. You can't shout at the frog and go or the scorpion and go. Well, you know, you, what did you think me? That's just who he is. Um, but having, having said that, that's to dismiss. Nathan is very attached to us and, and it just manifests in a different way and I know that if something were to happen to us it would completely destroy his world you know it just wouldn't come out as an emotional well, thing as, it would as, come as out someone as who thing. relies on stability and things yeah, not, yeah. not changing you know yeah yeah yeah. I mean at the same time if we threw out his bed one night he would grieve just as much 
Why is my what new pet is this? What is this? Who did this? I'm hungry. <laughs> that's all we get. Oh fuck it. Anyway, so that's that's my news. That's what I've been doing this week. I've been travelling from one hospital to another hospital. Um, hospitals are great. They they are uh, cheap cheap food there. You're looking for a cheap lunch. The hospital's a good place to go. Okay, I'm not no joking. Um, good cafeteria at the hospital. Always good good cafeteria, decent food, and it's relatively inexpensive. You can shit yourself, and someone will clean it up for you. <laughs> clean up an aisle for. Um, uh, the like the only thing is seeing a fucking doctor is next to impossible. Jesus Christ, it's yeah. crazy. It's like and and the you know there the the number of nurses from foreign lands. In those hospitals, you kind of wonder how the fuck are we going to survive post Brexit? Although, I mean, a lot of them we're going to we're going to privatize it. That's that's the solution, isn't it? Yeah, somehow we'll take the small amount of money that isn't enough for the NHS. We'll give it to a company who then make a profit out of it, who will then pay people even less. That'll be the seed funding to get them to come here in the first place, Uh, and then we'll just have to stump up every every month for insurance. I don't know. So anyway, what about you? Anything happening in your week? I always feel really bad now because, like, you know, you... <laughs> I win. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, every, every week you come in you've got some new... Here's my awful tragedy. Awful, awful tragedy. You, you dig a new depth and the, <laughs> and I, I, I sit here every week and I'm like, yeah, everything's about the same. <laughs> so, so nothing, perfectly. Nothing really changes Nothing me. has happened. We tried a new chippy. <laughs> it was no, nice. No, no, we, we went to the same chippy. <laughs> it's just Susie tried a new thing. And that's Susie tried a new chip for the first time, which was, is pretty yeah, cool. She'd never had fish and chips before. Yeah. I, I think don't know I, why, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's... um. That's nice. I, of course, have never had... I haven't had fish and chips since my stomach problems, so... For me, that was just horrible. You, yeah, you came into the room and you were just like, this smells amazing. Yeah. And I was like, yes. It does. Sn- Although, sn- listener, sniff it up, Holden. L- listener, would you eat a chip from the greasiest chip you can imagine with a greasy oil fish and, and then immediately think, do you know what this needs? This needs some ice cream or a nice lolly. That's what, like, Because I think, I honestly think that's the worst part of eating a chip is when the grease hardens in your mouth. I feel like a mouth. cold drink or a cold thing. I like a cold thing to make my mouth feel fresh again after after all of, all of the all of the grease and all the settle in there. I, I, I gave my mouth a big a big phallic swish out with a with a nice lolly. Oh, big, big phallic swish out. I mean, anyway. now, honestly, nothing interesting happened. I mean, the interesting thing happened in my life this week. Last week was WWDC. I got to oh, watch the Apple thing. I got yeah. to watch them announce computers, but that seems so trivial now. Yeah, it is yeah. trivial. I mean, it doesn't seem trivial. It is trivial. It is trivial. It's all, but it's all trivial. We're all, as as I like to point out to many friends of mine, we're all basically trying to keep ourselves amused until we die. That's yeah. all we're doing. Everything we're attempting here is just nonsense. We do. To, that's right. Here's what I want to talk about. God, fuck him. Fuck him and the big white horse he rode in on. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think you're confusing your mythologies there. Is he, am I confusing him with death? Uh, no, I think you're confusing him with get, King Billy. King Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like John, our John is very spiritual, right? But not in, in his own kind of spiritual belief system, which amalgamates things. <laughs> of, in the way that people in Northern Ireland annoy me. <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but I am spiritual. 
Which means I'm hedging my bets. I'm hedging my bets. I'm sort of scared. Well, no, no, I'm sort John, of scared that there is something out there, and I'm not sure if I'm going to piss it no, off. No, no, John. No, John. John pour, pours himself has always poured himself fully into this, the idea of spirituality and uh, keeping like stones and you know quartz crystals and all this bullshit, which I don't believe any of it. But it's very hard when your brother's sitting there half crippled, saying something spiritual to go, John. That's all bullshit. That's I mean you know that. So I have to. Yeah. Right now I'm. I'm you can biting. absolutely pick your moments on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Jenna going. Like if he's requesting a handful of quartz stones and all, I would just hand them over. Yeah, I look. I any to me, it's it's kind of for me. It's like it does that make you feel even a fraction better? Yeah. If it exactly. makes you feel a fraction better, I'm all in on it. Which I is am, you kind know. of my my attitude about religion in general. Yeah. Look, I mean, like I, you know, I have no religious faith whatsoever. I don't believe that there is a god. I can't deny that believing that there is a god makes my mum feel better. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's a big part of her life. So, you know, if what what percentage is there in for, but, uh, for, for me also, to, for me also, to persuade her that the thing that she she takes the most sort of like joy out of in life mm. isn't real? Like yeah. if I if I convinced her that there was no god, I think my mother would be like, well, what is there to live for then? Yeah, that, I mean, right. So I, I I have you have you approached that? Have you approached that question? What is there to live for when there's no god? What have you? I mean, I feel like. For me, that, that's a question that religious people always have. For non-religious people, it's like, well, then why are you alive? Why don't you go out raping people every Thursday because you can? Because there's no God to say. And I kind of think, well, same reason you don't. You don't do it because the Bible says don't do it. You don't do it because it's fucking monstrous. Well, of course uh, the, you don't do uh, it. You know, I, they don't do it for the exact same reason that I don't do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not even on my top ten of things to do at the weekend: go out and rape and murder people. So, I mean, it it worries me when they say things like that because yeah. it's you know, it's it's it's, 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 a a, it's a suggestion that the only thing keeping them back is what happens later on. Yeah, like they might so, be kept back oh, after you know, school. Oh, you know, I'd love to go out and murder someone, but. The thoughts of burning in hell forever is the only thing stopping me. Well, fucking hell, I'm not going anywhere near you, mate. No way. You know, and I, I have heard that exact that exact uh, logic expressed mm-hmm. in a church. You know, oh. if there's no God, why be good? And I was yeah. like, I know because being good is generally better for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't feel like most of our listeners are religious. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you well, are. There's one or two that are. And yeah. I, again, you know, they're salt of the earth people. Yeah. Hello there, folks. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to question, you know, I say it's it's not... And look, I, if they are religious, they are of the persuasion that they have heard this all before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I my feeling has been right now, if, if there is a God, he's testing me like Job was in the Bible. Just t- torture that fucker and see what happens. But none of it's happening to me. That's the other thing. None of it's happening to me. It's other people. It's just well, well, there's people. there's lots of different ways to look at the question of like, is there a god? I mean, is there a god that gives a shit about what road people walk down in a in a part of the world where? <laughs> Are you saying is there an orange god? Well, is that what you're saying? Because because there's people in this country who believe that the, you know the man in the sky cares very deeply about what, who's right allowed we to walk have down got a road. A god-given right to walk this road, really. <laughs> on the seventh day God said I am taking the day off but also you're allowed to walk down that road and don't let anyone stop you fuck and, them and they, they genuinely believe that that God wants them to do this like as a, <sighs> and now if, if their perception of this all all powerful all seeing being is that he really gives a shit about the Garvaki road then, then what a small tiny God that is 
like he might as well just live in a council house somewhere, yeah. you know, off Sandy Road. It's weirdly super specific as well. It, it is. It's <laughs> bizarre. It's the same sort of god that cares if, uh, you know, the New York Giants win a win a football game. You know? I am a god of an infinite universe with powers and uh, the ability to see and know everything. I'm really, really worried about this Garvaki Road, though. Yeah, let's all, really let's all, let's all huddle up and hope that God helps us win the game. <laughs> it's like, God, if anything, God's just like, look. I, 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 I could go either way. I've, I've got a tenor in this each way. <laughs> well, where would be the fun? For, where would be the fun for it, for God for us to enjoy sport if he's if he's able to change the change the rules of the game halfway? <laughs> I like I like Gust, this. Gust of win you there. and I, two non-sporting atheists, are talking about God and sport as if we're experts in either. <laughs> no. My my brothers were all because my so one of my brothers is up from Cork because of what's happened to John, and he is the sports lover. And my other brother, uh, uh, Luke, who is uh, 23, no, yeah, 23, he was, he's also a sports lover, but he's a sports lover because the other one influenced him. We don't know where he got the sports love from because none of my other brothers were into sports. And they're sitting watching. I went in the house and watching a football match and I'm going, what the f- this is the most boring thing. I can't, and I had to leave. I just, oh, I just it's, it's, it's impenetrable it. to me. I, <laughs> I, I can understand what's happening. I just don't know why it's happening. <laughs> It's, it's, that's how I feel about sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, but I don't know what, why, why, I don't know. But I'm I, giving I, it a good go. I mean, the, the, the spiritual view that I can kind of get on board with if, is if there is a God, I don't think he cares anymore. Or she, or they, or it. It's a man. We know a it's man. a man. We know it's a man, right? We know, right. Only a man would make something and be like, fuck that. But, <laughs> but, but like, that's, what's interesting to me is even us non-religious types talk about monotheism as if that's... Monotheism the, as if that's the default option. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, but as, I mean, that's that's the thing that as a, as a I find fascinating about religion is that even that, even my, not opposition to it, but even my kind of... Uh, direct sort of stance away from it. Yes. It's a reflection of the Christo uh, Judean what tradition. What you are as an atheist, and you're an atheist about Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Now, you haven't given Hinduism a second thought. Not, because, even, a, not even a Because moment. you're just like, well, that's obviously ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to wrestle with this monotheistic thing for a while. You know? yeah, but that, but that, but that, see, but that's the, that's the part of me that goes... Right, this is why this non-belief in, in a God is a sensible position to hold, because the opposite position is to go, which of these gods do I pick? Which of yeah. these religious systems are the, are the right one? And you go, well, you know, you none of, they're all disagreeing with each other. I mean, none of them... If, I mean, if there was one right answer, they'd all be it. You I, know? I used to... Uh, I don't know if friends is the right word, but I used to like sort of be regularly sociable online with a guy who was um, a theology... Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's the word for it here? He's not a theology major. He's a theology. He's a theologian. He's got a degree in theology from Queens, and he had travelled the world mm-hmm. uh, investigating other religions mm-hmm. and uh, seeing what they had to offer. And then he decided when he came back, Roman Catholicism really was the only one that made sense. I'm like, it, well, isn't that convenient? Isn't isn't that a isn't that a Fucking bolt out of the blue. The one you were raised in is the one you think is the one that makes sense. All those, you see some of the wacky things they all do. I mean, some of them, some of them out there, you wouldn't believe the shit they're up to. Now, if you excuse me, I'm off to eat the body of Christ. Yeah, thank and, you. And, and, you know, he was an incredibly intelligent guy, and he would argue the bit out constantly about why you know Roman Catholicism was you know objectively the only one that made sense. <laughs> 
It had to be it the one like that It sounds like when sense. Nathan argues about his music and goes, look, objectively, my taste of music is the best. You go, no, Nathan, I think you'll find any taste of music is purely subjective. <laughs> I go, yes, yes, it is. But in this case, in this mine case, is objectively the best. In this case, Kanye is right. <laughs> <laughs> Objectively, I have the best taste in music. Why do nobody else like this music? Because it's a subjective thing. Not for me. Right, okay then, all right. So, I mean, uh, for a lot of people in Northern Ireland, I mean, like, believing in a monotheistic God, it, it isn't even, I don't even think that it's, it requires any effort for them. Gee, I mean, I have a certain level of begrudging respect for the, now, not, let me let me qual- let me qualify that. I'll qualify it afterwards because then I'll get to say what I'm trying to I say. I think you're going to say the same thing I'm going to say, so you go ahead. Okay, what I was going to say, I have a certain level of begrudging respect for those that go, do you know what? We, we're we going to believe in some sort of God anyway, but why why this, this modern-ish one? Why not go back to an even older one? Why not go to Norse gods? Or, now, the, the qualifier, of course, is they're mostly Nazis. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the begrudging respect instantly goes out the window for that. You know, the the thing with uh, you know your your Norse gods and um, a lot of those other gods is they don't ask anything of you. No, you know, in fact, you know the Greek gods and the, the Roman gods they they didn't ask anything of you other than you know the odd sacrifice here yeah, and there. Yeah. They certainly weren't that bothered if you were a good person or not. Yeah, there is. I can remember I read something about about the notion that the Greek. You know, somebody posted on Twitter says, "How do we know that the Greeks didn't just think about their gods the way we think about like Captain America and stuff? Like it was, they, they, like it was not. But they they absolutely not did worship them in a yeah. way that we worship uh, God, God. But but we're kind of like, whoa, come on, Captain Apollo, let's go. Well, I mean, the the Greek mythology is is there it's pre-science it's, yeah. it's their attempt to explain everything yeah so everything you know everything you see in nature but they're not, had a god not, and a god a, put it there yeah you know? but they're not just explaining things they're also explaining you know they're they're sort of in a sense moral stories but the greek gods would do all the wrong things as well yeah like, they, they they use them as morality zeus tales was for quite the shithead yeah and zeus shagged all around yeah, him yeah. yeah i mean zeus was the father I of so get, many other demigods i could get behind that <laughs> i could get behind zeus i'm i'm all for zeus and, and zeus wasn't just shagging people as zeus you know no. he, he would he would come down and shag a horse as a horse and that's how you make a pegasus <laughs> really I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know he was very fond of being a shower of coins. That seemed to be a thing he would do. He would. He would uh, and, and, appear and what, as a shower of coins. I can't remember who it was. In one instance, he he turned himself into the rain and entered a woman that way. Yeah, you know. That's, well, okay. Like, then. what pleasure does one derive from that? <laughs> <laughs> you think you think if you could turn yourself into rain, you just do. Do you know what? I could just. I don't need anyone else. I could just. You know. I, 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 uh, oof. On that note, Stephen Fry's book on Mythos. Mythos is good. Uh, Mythos is excellent, and Heroes, the follow-up book, is excellent. Okay, did you get those on Audible? I got those on Audible. Yeah, this this show is not sponsored by Audible. This show is brought to you by Audible. In fact, no, this show is brought to you by... uh, The letter Z (laughs) for Zeus. Well, this show is brought to you by our listeners on Patreon. Yes. So, um, yeah, we haven't mentioned Patreon for a couple of weeks. No. I think it's because last, last time we got together, you were ranting so fast and so hard. I am sorry. That, that I couldn't get a Patreon plug-in edgeways. You couldn't you couldn't get a breath in edgeways? It was, but uh, essentially what it is, is a way for you to And the second so. show was so erotically charged, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It's hard to get anything else. This is what the difficulty is. What Patreon is is a way for you to support the show by um, signing up to kind of throw us a bit of money every month, uh, you know, two or three quid. And um, that that sort of helps with uh, the running of the show. It sort of helps pay for the hosting, for gear, um, for pop filters like these. Pop, 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 pop. I can say Patreon without... (laughs) without, uh, 
the plosive bothering the, bothering yeah. you. Now, now to be fair, like the Patreon money that you give us is brilliant. It doesn't any in any way, shape, or form cover the amount of money Ron spent on this show. Oh no, no, not <laughs> so, at all. So it truly think is of it as a multiplier. It's a. It's a it just truly a, is a tip. It is. A, it is a gratuity. <laughs> it, it is. It is. But you would. But you would tack on to the end of a of a medium priced meal. Yeah. For, and, for and, me, it's a way of kind of going. Um, there's. I I like that when people sign up for the Patreon, it means something more than we're just listeners you know you're yes. more than just you're more than just a passive listener to the show yeah um, you are in my in my parlance a friend of the show mm-hmm. some the, of them are literally friends of the show because yes. we know them personally <laughs> so if you want to be a friend of the show you, you can go to sunnyside uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash sunnyside podcast and you can sign up there and um yeah all, all the instructions are there everything you need to know uh for those who have signed up thanks very much and uh we appreciate it yeah and there's also a couple of nice little screen things, and I eventually will get round to doing some more uh, Patreon sort of exclusive things, but the show will always be free to download, so that's good. So anyway, uh, have we? do you want to talk about any TV or film or anything like that? I mean, we've covered God, and we've covered well, life on that subject, I've, I've been trying to watch Good Omens. Um, <sighs> so have we, but like, you can't, we can't watch anything at the moment. It's impossible. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know... I, it's, the, I always find it, Good Omens, the book, a bit twee. I always find Terry Pratchett a bit twee. Well, and here's Neil the Gaiden thing. Is, I, I love the book. Yeah. But I first read it when I was maybe 12 mm-hmm. or 13. Um, it is it is exceptionally <clears throat> Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah. uh, but for supernatural stuff. Yeah. And I, I read it every few years. And, you know, as, as time goes by, I can kind of see the, the strings holding it together a bit yeah. more. But the, the TV show, um, which is on Amazon Prime at the minute... It's it's the it's it's an adaptation by Neil Gaiman, which is weird because so much of it falls flat for me. Mm. Like he doesn't understand how to translate his own work, and I think that's the, that's the same. Maybe that's the same Gaiman. problem with uh, American Gods yeah. as well, where I don't. Ga- I don't Gaiman's s- maybe not the one that did the jokes. Mm. Well, po- quite possibly, yeah. So maybe he maybe did the mythos stuff rather than the gags, and that might be why. Uh, I mean, a pure Pratchett adaptation. Possibly. I mean, I, I've always kind of wondered how, how it works to co-write a book. You know, it's uh, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's something that become very naturally. I know, I know. Like, so the co-writing partnerships that I know of, um, John Wagner and Alan Grant used to co-write Judge Dredd. And what they would do is they'd sit in a room and chat about ideas, and then eventually one of them would go right. I'll go and write this up. They would write it up and submit it and get paid for it. And then the next week or the next episode. They would do the same thing, but the other one would write it up, and so that's how they would. So they shared the load that way. Yeah, so they basically, you know, and and they wouldn't do. But I also know that whenever um, Rob Williams and Simon Spurrier and I think Al Ewing were doing um, a book together, they basically would email Round Robin. You know, one of them would write up and then Round Robin it to the others for them to kind of tweak, get a sense of tweak it and change it. Um, and and it's interesting because they all have very distinct voices. So I can, like, if I read a Rob script or Simon Spurrier script or um, Al Ewing's, I would recognise it. I think so. It's interesting to see how much they were able to kind of find each other's voice and stuff like that. I I would imagine that's hard because Gaiman and and Pratchett have their own voices, their own distinct voices. Yeah, very distinct. Um, so, but which makes me feel like that if they were doing something like that, Gaiman would probably be very much more plot 
and the, the mythos and the names and the character types and and Pratchett would probably be very much like let's bolt all this together let's with get the, funny some things. gags yeah yeah um, um, but I never I never really got into Pratchett as a as a writer I think I tried a couple of times I just I bounced off it and I think that's because I came to it quite late I, you know. I think I I've no whenever I was younger I might be mm. read fifteen or so Discworld books mm. uh, which is like a fraction of them really um, right. but. Uh, you know, I never, I never loved them. I, I think I kind of was reading them because a lot of my friends were reading them, and I wanted to be able to converse with them about, you know, stuff that they were all familiar with. Did you ever quote anything? Was there a lot of quoting going on when you were chatting to your friends? Uh, maybe at the time, but I mean, it, it never really stuck. You know, yeah. uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide had a lot of quotable bits, but I think it might be TV show more than you know, more than the books. Oh no, there's definitely stuff in the books that I, yeah. you know, that's, that's always stuck in my head. I used to reread the books quite. Sort of every few years, I would reread them, but I stopped that. God knows how long ago. Because oh, I, I, I got the books all in Audible as well. Ah, okay. And they're very enjoyable audiobooks as well. Are they uh, Stephen Fry again? Or are they uh, not all of them? No, I think Stephen Fry reads the first one. The second one was read by I think by um, what's his name? Martin. Uh, the guy who plays the Hitchhiker's Guide. The, the, no, the guy. Um, oh God, what's Martin his name? Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yeah. Oh, he, right. He reads he plays one Arthur of them. Dent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, they've got a, a range of different people who are associated with the series yeah. re- reading it. I, si- um, I signed up for Audible because they offered me three months free, and I'm sitting on credits and going, I don't even know what to spend on these things. I'm just never going to get a chance to listen to the things. So. Whereas this week, I was gagging, waiting for my credit to appear in the, the box because I had one more of those Adrian McKinty, uh, Sean Duffy <laughs> books to read. It was the last one, and I'm like, I'm, you, I'm, right? Can you I'm, resell I'm, those? Can you give those away? I mean, when you've read one of those things, that's it. You've well, I've read it. Forever. I've read it. Yeah. But, yeah. No, but but like, can you go? I don't want this anymore. I'm going to gift this to someone else. Which you can do with a book. Uh, no. Not really? No, no, it's kind of annoying, isn't it? It's kind of <sighs> feels like it should be a thing you should be allowed to do. De- definitely, I mean, that's the way sort of digital media has gone, in, yeah. the, in that it, it belongs to one person, and that's that. Yeah, fuck everyone else. Which kind of re- reminds me of the, of the story a few years ago about Bruce Willis trying to donate his iPods, or he wanted to leave his iPods in his will to... Uh, oh, yeah, was com- IG- I, I, yeah was, a trust or something, so the trust would own it all. And That's would- what it was. He wanted to make sure that his iTunes account <laughs> was going to be accessible by his children after he died. Hmm. You know, without taking into account at all the possibility that something like Apple Music comes along and renders his... I think it was... Oh, Notion. Yeah. I think he had six iPods full of music, yeah. and he thought, well, that's the only place that music is going to exist. Yeah, yeah. And of Not course, a big buyer of CDs, then. <laughs> well, of course, Apple Music comes along and Spotify comes along, and these things kind of render yeah. uh, mass storage of, of on your own on your own premises completely irrelevant. Yeah. So, I've kind of come back round to. I mean, I was chatting on with you about Blue, uh, Blu-ray Drive because I kind of. I mean, having bought the Mac Mini and it's a lovely device, I've kind of thought oh, I want to watch because I bought the way I bought the West Wing on DVDs because I picked it up for a fiver. In a second hand shop, it's like a fiver for the full series of the West. Wing. I would have given you the entire series of the I West Wing well, DVD. I mean, a fiver is nothing anyway. Um, but I've no DVD player. I mean, I, I've no DVD player in the computer to play it now. They were playable on the big computer, but it was quite noisy, so I didn't like playing them. So now I've got the the Mac Mini. It was like, oh, I'll just play them on this. And I can't because there's no DVD. I thought, well, if I'm going to get an external drive, I'll just get a blue Blu-ray external drive. And then I can play my Blu-rays on it, but. There's no Blu-ray external drive either. It's crazy. Well, there are Blu-ray external drives you can get, but I mean, they're they're all much of a muchness, and you, and you still need the software to run the Blu-rays. Oh, so the, you're paying eighty quid for a Blu-ray drive, and then you pay thirty five quid you would for need the software. You need something to run it. You Fucking know. hell, that's mad. And that's why Steve Jobs called Blu-ray a bag of hurt. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's right, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I remember him doing that thing at launch with, uh, Blue, was it Blu-ray or HD video? He did a thing where he's, everything's going to be HD from now on. Yeah, because like, he was selling selling HD stuff on the iTunes and people saying, you know, people want Blu-ray. He says, well, Blu-ray's a bag of hurt. We don't need to have that on the machine. So. <laughs> yeah. And he was right, essentially. I mean, yeah. people, people did kind of skip Blu-ray. Yeah, you know. it, it does seem to have happened. I mean, there's still... Not me, you're not suckers like me. Yeah. I've probably got about a thousand of the bastard things, have but, you? <laughs> but you know, which is why whenever I, whenever I messaged you the other day saying Blu-ray is dead, there was an element of... Anger? Yeah, I, I'm the fool who bought really heavily into it. But yeah. now, like, I've got... A, I'm sitting in a living room and there's maybe about 50 Blu-rays looking at me and and if I was going to watch something, I'd be like, I must see what's actually on my Plex server first. Any, any sales or on there, iTunes? Is there anything on Netflix for iTunes? Because I don't want to walk across the room and have to put a fucking disc in something. <laughs> that seems barbaric at this stage. Uh, Tom has got really into DVDs at the moment because he is, he's got a little extra... He's getting retro, is he? He's getting very retro, yeah. He's oh, God, we were chatting. And he says, oh... I wish I was born in the 80s. He really? genuinely said, I wish I was born in the 80s. And I was like, okay. Of course, Nathan goes, oh, you want to be born in the 80s first? You're born now. It's, everything's available now. It's better now. Everything's better now. So, I think Nathan's right there. Yeah, well, maybe. But, like, I mean, for Tom, it's like, I want to be in a boy. Because I like, he likes Rubik's Cubes and he likes... Yeah, he but likes, he can have those. <laughs> I know, but, yeah, you know, did you never wistfully wish something when you were a kid, when you were... I wanted to be born in King Arthur's time or something. There was a, ser- a book I read that was about... Um, so so you, you wanted a fictional time? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Okay. But that's the thing. He wants a fictional 80s as well. He doesn't want the real 80s. Oh, yeah, he wants everyone yeah. in like shoulder, shoulder want, pads. And he the, doesn't want fucking Chernobyl, and that's for sure. Yeah. Have you watched yeah. Chernobyl? Oh, yeah, it's tremendous. Oh, Christ, I still haven't. I, I mean, oh, I was, I'd give it a six months or so if you in the state you're in at the minute. I'd, I'd still wait a while. I don't know if I could ever watch it. Honestly, I don't know if I could ever watch it. It's like, whoa. I mean, I do, they're talking about um, on reality TV programs now. They need like counselors and stuff for the people afterwards. I'm thinking possibly maybe required for if you watch Chernobyl, just a counselor, a show directly afterwards. Say <laughs> if you've if you've been affected by anything that you've seen here today let's talk about that now and well you know this is why it's not awful these were all visual effects you know none of this was real except for all the people it really happened to and then that kid was terrible for them so anyway. yeah um all right we uh, chatted long enough for a whole show do you think I think we have. I wish you wouldn't do it like that. I wish you. Because you can see the clock, and I can't. I just wish you wouldn't sort of deliver it in sort of like a. Have we given them enough? <sighs> enough blood, sweat, and tears. <sighs> but you know we're all going to do it again next week. Yes, we are. Yeah, or or in half an hour, which is the way the recording works. Well, I've been Ron. I've been PJ. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Sunny side, we hope so with you. Keep on the sunny side.